Hi everyone! Welcome to another episode of the Flow Space Podcast. Um, I've got a referral today from David Woods. Shout out to David Wood. We have his good friend, Absolute Savage, the 600 reps guy, Terence Mitchell. Hello. Good morning, Ashley. <laughs> Thank morning. you for having me on the podcast. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Great to be in Hong Kong, despite the political unrest. Yes. Sounds so serious. Yeah, it is very but serious. I've had. <laughs> It's been one of the best trips of my life, and, and this is a great, great way to cap it off. Yeah, thank you. My it's pleasure. pretty, pretty crazy that, like, for your first trip to Hong Kong, you've sort of seen it, and it's like craziest time. <laughs> um, but I mean, being from South Africa, I'm sure, crazy time isn't yeah, anything new we, to you. We get used to we, well, as as a South African, mm. we've had to we've had to see some we've seen some stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. At and least no one's been sort of like. <laughs> killed on the streets yeah well that's the thing you know protest <laughs> for me means cars burning and the oh, army wow. so i thought okay these these students are kind of just an irritation yeah yeah <laughs> just sort of like just go play your games again guys. Come on. Um, but yeah no thanks for thanks for coming down uh, i'm very interested to hear about your like, what is your 600 reps okay. philosophy? Dave was like on about it uh, when we <laughs> spoke to him last. Um, and obviously you guys sent me a video on Instagram. So yeah, elaborate. Tell us something about you. Tell us about your 600 reps. Okay, so at about 13, I knew I wanted to be a trainer, a strength coach. There was nothing I wanted to do with my life but that. Mm. And that's never changed. I had to obviously make myself busy and get through school which I couldn't stand I just I couldn't stand I hated high school and the day I left I began training people mm. in an unofficial capacity training people in my garage mm. I couldn't afford equipment at the time I was 17 when I finished school so I would fashion my own equipment out of stones and sandbags and things that I found and which is ironic because mm. back in those days that wasn't cool mm. now we have the whole functional fitness movement and you can buy a sandbag for five hundred dollars i mean i've seen people roll up to um <laughs> to outdoor sessions with rocks yes like actual like boulders so now it's cool now and it's trendy cool. <laughs> yeah we were just talking about this yeah in two th <laughs> 2001 it was not cool people thought i was weird why would you want to <laughs> lift stones and logs and when you can go to a commercial gym and I consider myself a physical culturist, not mm. an athlete. I don't compete against anyone. Mm. You know, you're not an athlete unless you actually compete. Mm. And that's what I'll, uh, I prefer the distinction. I'm into physical culture. Okay. And, and with that, all forms of physical culture, from calisthenics mm. to weightlifting, powerlifting, mm. martial arts. I've, I've spent time training in Muay Thai. Mm and you know even conventional bodybuilding exercises mm. as well as the um, the odd objects that are previously mentioned mm. and putting it all together and and using what works mm. because everything does work people don't like to work mm. and people hop from protocol to protocol you mm. know or from discipline to discipline and they're always trying to find that next thing that mm. holy grail but unfortunately they don't spend enough time immersing them immersing themselves in an endeavor to 
to receive the best from it. Mm. You know, if you do something for three weeks, you can't really say you've done weightlifting mm. for three weeks, even three months. Three to five years, maybe, maybe you have the right to say I've done that. Yeah, but you're kind of at that point just scratching the surface, I think. And um, yes. Yeah. And so I've been involved. I started training. I remember at 12 years old, there was a pull-up bar in my first year in high school. <laughs> and I jumped up on it and I thought I was just going to bang out hundreds of reps. Yeah. I'll never forget <laughs> that day. I couldn't budge. I was hanging on the bar like a like a dead fish okay. and I thought okay this is a problem here I need to rectify this I can't not do one pull-up right. and from that day and it sounds so cheesy or cliche uh, dedicated I'm, my life I, to pull-ups only really <laughs> I, I kind of thought this is unacceptable you you need to do pull-ups for goodness sake you need to be able to use your physicality mm. And that was 12 years old. I'm 36, and I've never stopped training since then. I've, I've yes, I've, I've explored different avenues mm -hmm. of of physical culture, but I've never stopped training. And it's my it's my life. I would do it for free, but I do need to make a living, yeah. so I do need to charge people. <laughs> you know, streets got to eat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and recently, um, I started online training. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to work with people from different countries. You know, as simple as that. There's only so many people in my country who are interested in training. And I was attracted to the idea of training former soldiers and current soldiers from, from the US. I, I do work with a few now thanks to, to David's influence and his contacts. And that's pretty cool because you know talk about men who don't really see mm. excuses and and challenges are just you know they want to tear the head off of the challenge yeah, yeah. exactly do you have a military background of no some kind, i don't or? i don't and recently i think a year and a how long ago now no maybe a year ago mm. it was at the end of a, a brutal session that i put together yeah, brutal is definitely the right yeah, word my training for is, uh, what I imagine. No, it's, it's pretty like. crazy. Yeah. And my training partner was lying on the floor and he was exhausted. We both were. And he said something like, fuck my life. That was, can I swear? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said, fuck my life. That was, that was disgusting. And I tallied up the repetitions of that particular workout because I've got, you know, a, a board in the gym. And it just so happened that on that particular day, the repetitions equaled 602 reps or something, mm -hmm. something like that. And then I what, thought, what movement were you doing out of curiosity? Like that particular day, a high, a high level of calisthenics, so ah. very strict pull-ups, L-seat pull-ups, gymnastic ring dips some kettlebell thrusters oh, wow so just all the very difficult things you know oh, that wow. that jack the heart rate up how uh, how long are your 600 reps obviously it's like until you finish 600 is 600 everything um there would be about 60 minutes okay 60 minutes wow that's crazy no it's a lot of and the maximum the maximum rest would be no longer than 60 seconds right so the Oof. intensity is high and the volume is high. Obviously, people don't start at that level. Yeah. Know, this has been <laughs> really the culmination of my life work. Right. And 
after my, my, my training partner said, fuck my life, that was disgusting. I thought, fuck my life, 600 reps, fuck my 600 rep life. Hey, that's actually pretty, <laughs> that's actually pretty, there's a ring to that, you know, yeah. my 600 rep life. Yeah. And it kind of stuck. Yeah. And then I thought, why don't I put together a challenge for myself? Mm-hmm. I'll be the guinea pig. For 30 days, I'll do 600 reps a day. No excuses. I'm going to do 600 reps a day. And there were, I had a few rules, a hundred of which had to be pull-ups or chin-ups. And I wasn't allowed any junk reps. So no, no going through the no motions. Compromise. Every single rep had to be legit. Wow. And, and that was, that's, that's primarily based upon my biggest critique with any type of metcon or conditioning session that I see from like CrossFit for example like CrossFit when it's done incorrectly when CrossFit's done correctly it's incredible but when it's not done it just becomes a bit of a a mess just Mm. a a sloppy it's just chaotic it's just sort of a injury zone it is yeah unfortunately what happens with 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 athletes and people when the volume goes up and the repetitions go up and the work, the intensity goes up, mm. form and technique go out the window. Yeah. And people try and get through mm. things. They want to finish the workout. Mm. And I, I had a different approach. I didn't want to ever get through. I wanted to be in. Mm. I wanted to immerse myself in mm. the, the discomfort and the... The, the pain, in inverted commas, you know, it shouldn't be painful as in you're about to tear your shoulder off. Yeah. <laughs> but to not get through something and in order to, if I, if I embraced the, the now in the true sense of training, then every rep had to be perfect. You know, it's just me training in my garage gym. Mm. Why am I cheating? Why, mm. am I, why am I doing these awful swinging pull-ups? Why mm. am I doing half reps? Why don't I make sure every single rep the first set on the first exercise, the last rep on the last exercise after 60 minutes of training, they should be the same. Easier said than done. And much easier said than done. Much sure. easier said than done. <laughs> but so I think for me, the, the, the integrity of the repetition mm. and the flawless form is what I predicated my, my 600 rep philosophy on. Yeah. Because it was in direct conflict to, to everything I'd seen in these hit classes and boot camps and everything that I, I truly deplore. Mm. You know, I, I cannot stand when, when people cheat themselves mm. by just doing these awful reps. So that was it. 600 reps a day of flawless, flawless repetitions. And goodness me, after three days, I thought, what have you gotten yourself into? <laughs> no, it was... I can imagine. I mean, like... Uh, so early on in my sort of fitness journey, let's say, um, I, I became obsessed with alignment of yes. things. So where were my knees going? How are my feet walking? Where are my hips when I walk? But uh, it's the same thing. I sort of got to a point where I'm like, I can't even do a pull-up. So that was maybe five years ago, worked on the pull-up. Now I can sort of do five. That's brilliant. Yeah, I know. Five good pull-ups <laughs> is, is that puts you in 1% of people on earth. Yes. No, really, it does. But it's, I mean, I, 
with most things that I do, I want to make sure that I'm doing them correctly, purely because injuries are not great. Of course. Yeah. Have you experienced many injuries on your? No, I've been I've been lucky. I've no. never been injured in training. Wow. Probably because I've never tried to do something way out of the realm of my abilities. Okay. I've I've got. A pretty sound mind-muscle connection. You know, right. I always know where I am and what my potential is. I feel like throwing something at you to see if you can just catch it. <laughs> and, you know, don't get me wrong. In my, in my years of powerlifting, I used to, when strength was, especially one rep max, strength was mm. my, I lived for that sport for a long time, about six years. Mm. You know, you, you, push, you push the limits of your, your physicality in a mm. sport like powerlifting I was fortunate to never injure myself because you do know what you're capable of yeah. you do and it, and injuries are yes it can happen mm. things just can go wrong but you know we, we do know what we're capable of mm -hmm. and and what will you know it, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back mm. and I, I have been fortunate so when people talk about injuries feel a bit guilty sometimes saying <laughs> never been injured training and it's been over 20 years that's pretty crazy when I think about like what you said you know you started at well 12 13 you were already like this is what I want to do yes it takes a lot of sort of self-awareness to make a decision like that uh, was there ever a point along your journey where you were like uh, you know torn or confused or a bit like is this what can I make out of this? Or was, was there oh, ever most a certainly. point? Of, yeah. So I started training at 12 and I only looked like someone who trains in my late 20s. Right. But that's sort of It's not evolution. as if at 18 yeah. I walked around and people were like, wow, <laughs> there's someone who lifts weights. You know, I looked like a string bean yeah. from 12 to 20, 26. I looked like I don't know, more of an endurance athlete. Right, because you're sitting down now, but actually when I walked in, you was actually, you're, you're quite tall. You're I am like, tall. Uh, it took a long yeah. time to, <laughs> it took a long time for these long limbs to, to build muscle. Well, that's the thing. We, no. my, my brother, he is, I think he's 18 now, but he's also tall, but it's like, no, he's, you know, he you're like a weird 18 He needs to practice some patience. I was yeah. all arms and legs. <laughs> And then at 28, 29, it was like, hey, wait a minute. Lifting weights and doing correct calisthenic movements builds mm. the body. Who would have guessed such a crazy thing? And, and from there, there on, any doubt I had about my ability to transform my physicality mm. was gone. Mm. I was never going to stop because I love the discipline required. Mm. I, I love that commitment one makes with themselves. Mm. I'm going to do this workout today mm. and doing it. You know, you're making a c commitment with yourself. And if you can't keep that commitment, well, what, can you, what commitments can you keep in other, other areas of your life? And that was very important for me. Mm. And I have a very obsessive, who would have guessed personality and I'm very intense and obsessive <laughs> yeah. that if I'm not training and dedicating myself to physical culture mm. my focus is going to go elsewhere mm. and it might not work out so well because I have an extremely obsessive mm. personality 
mm. without focus and direction, I'm a bit nervous of myself. Mm. So I'd rather just train every day. Yeah. <laughs> and train other people. I hear that. Yeah. Oh, like hands down. <laughs> yeah, big time. Uh, it explains why you're friends with Dave as well. No, of course. And, <laughs> and I'm just, it's, it so happens that I'm meeting up and I'm attracting these, these, these men and women in my life who are, are similar to me in, in thinking equally broken mm -hmm. but equally beautiful in a sense you know because oh, nice. obsession takes takes you places yeah. i believe that obsession takes you places moderation and balance or they they just sound they sound fantastic but in, in in reality i don't know any successful people who are balanced and do things in moderation mm. especially on the on the on the the come up you know mm. to get oh, to yeah. that level yes maybe when you've arrived then it's, you but it's just insanity yeah there's definitely a lot of like no 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 mm. i'm just gonna do this now yeah. yeah and so much so that it's it's been it's come at a detriment to my relationships and friendships oh. because it's it really is my life my life work uh relationships girlfriends that got in the way of training yeah. you know, that, because training is actually the girl who will never let me down. <laughs> it's, it's the girlfriend who'll never break my heart. She'll always be there for me. That's true. And fortunately, and, and it's just she as well. She doesn't answer back either. No, she doesn't answer no. back. <laughs> and, you know, obviously through, there's been periods in my time with like, like everyone, I'm not special, I'm human. There's been heartbreaks, there's been failures, but there's always been my, my outlet to train. And I've, I've always had a, a space, not necessarily a, an official gym in my home. Now I do. Now at 37 years old almost, I've got a dedicated training area. I've got a, a garage that I've made into, it looks like the Batcave. It's it's pretty cool. That's my space. But I've always <laughs> still had, got boulders in there no, as well. No. No? All, all, the, all the crazy stuff. And not that long ago, I had to... I had to use that space after a breakup that mm. it took me by surprise. Mm. A year and a half ago, I went through a breakup. It wasn't my idea. It wasn't my plan. You know, <laughs> doesn't doesn't sound like it. No, right? and it's, it's it's pretty crazy. It's like, oh wait a minute, you wake up one day, mm. and the other person doesn't want you in their life. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a, a bit of a concept, eh? <laughs> and it's also you know sort of the one that you don't see coming is the one that hurts the most in yeah. a way. I mean, they say the same about punches. Getting hit. It's the yeah. one that you don't see coming that really Definitely. fucks you over. <laughs> I, I didn't see it coming. It was like, oh wow, okay. And that was maybe the first time in my life that I truly poured my heart and soul into physical culture mm. to heal emotionally and mentally mm. there's ways for the the health you know the physicality mm. you know to look good to be strong to be capable but now i was using it to heal mm. i needed to hurt to heal mm. and that's that's when i decided to embark on that 30-day challenge i was always mm. training but now i wanted to really take it to the next level 30 days 600 reps a day every day no excuses so crazy and <laughs> it was quite crazy in the sense that on some days i was i was really so depressed and heart heart sore that i would lock myself in the gym 
and just focus on perfect reps and breathing. No music. I don't try. I don't listen to music when I train. Cool. And it worked. Yeah. It, it truly worked in terms of getting through the pain. Yeah. I have a theory for you. Um, okay, so just because, uh, so when I got out of my last relationship, it was actually when I started jiu-jitsu. Oh, but it wow. took me some time to sort of come around to that. Uh, so I didn't want to be one of those girls that was like, okay, I'm out of relationships and now I'm just going to go out and I'm going to meet all these people and I'm going to like just get wild and get yes. out there. Uh, that really wasn't sort of my, my cup of tea. So instead, I stayed home for months and months and ate loads of ice cream and then realized <laughs> that I should probably, I'm like missing something here. Yes. There's a void that I am trying to fill. Uh, and I'm finding it at the bottom of an ice cream pint like every single night. <laughs> I can't do that forever. I'm just going to keep getting bigger. So um, I sort of like took an inventory of like uh, the things that I had, which was, you know, emotional connections, like physical intimacy, shall we say. Um, how are the ways that I can go about filling that void for myself without anybody else there to do that? So that for me became jujitsu. In a way that it's like um, you see the same people every day. Um, you are like physically close to someone yes. every single day. And then you still go home and you have to deal with your own problems yes. like a normal person. But uh, over time, I mean, obviously, there's still like your ups and your downs. But I do think like it's the same thing for you. You sort of focused on yourself like what are the things that are important to you and you've sort of filled that void with your 600 reps. That's exactly so. what I did. I did fill a void. And yeah. you know, sometimes there's even a, a negative connotation to that. Yeah. I filled the void. Yes, I did. I filled the void. But now you're sort of more you than you were then in a sense because you filled that void up with things that you, you, you did. Yes. It's not like Sally or Sarah, whoever. And you know... I spoke about this with my brother a lot, so I'm going through this this 30 days, and I'm eating highly nutrici nutritious food. I to ask you about your food, because yeah. I went scrolling <laughs> down, and I was like, what the fuck does it, this guy yeah, eat? It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, I'm living this, I'm trying to emulate a warrior monk lifestyle as best as I, as I can. I'm not going out, I'm not interested in hooking up with other women, I'm not ready. I know, because I know what I'm like, I'm a man, I will use another woman to get over the last one. It's I don't, I don't think I'm only normal. Yes, and yeah. I don't want to be that. I've, I've, I've done that and it sucked. Yeah. So I thought, take this time to embrace this warrior monk period where it's only about, obviously, I have to continue to make a living. Mm. So I'll train my clients. I love that. that that comes naturally mm. and it's going to be about my training and my my physical growth and mm. emotional growth and I remember saying to my brother there's something strange about me when I'm going through periods in life that suck mm. when I've lost thousands of uh, thousands of my currency is rand thousands of rands or I've been heartbroken all I want to do is that which will benefit me mm. i only want to eat healthy and train mm. oh that's it's pretty crazy because it's the opposite or the antithesis of what men actually do yeah they do the very things that are going to make them feel like shit. just like a and i don't think it's not this is not because i'm just some enlightened being <laughs> it's luck i think 
I just am a person who, when he's suffering, I want to do things that make me feel so good. Seems but, like logic as well, though. It does, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's... It's it's definitely, I think, in that time, not a... Con- like, you're very fortunate to be able to make those decisions in times where you're struggling. Yeah. Like, uh, there's definitely a mass percentage of people that are going to do the opposite. Definitely. Including and myself. <laughs> I wish I knew... Well, I wish I was better skilled at somehow passing that knowledge on to people i'm still trying to share that with you know i know men who are currently going through great failures in business or relationships and they want to do things they want to live for them in the moment unfortunately Mm. you know drink and sleep with random people and but that doesn't improve your life I don't know, on a psychological level, why, why are we drawn to such shit when we are in shit? Like, why don't we just start drinking kale shakes and doing pull-ups? <laughs> Give me an avocado, my life is a crisis. Yeah, it's, it's, it's maybe the human condition. And yeah, it is quite intriguing, isn't it? Because it's sort of like, uh, I mean, I see it as self-sabotage. I see it as a way to explain the things that are going bad that you have no explanation for. Because yes. everyone's like, you know, I've got my, got my job, I've got my girlfriend, I've got my dog, I've got this A, B, C, D. Why does this happen to me still? Yes. And it's like, well, you know what you was sort of bring it upon yourself, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> what was very important for me is when I was going through that, that last that last situation and I was really physically in pain. I was, I was, I thought I knew heartbreak because I'd watched it on movies Mm. and I'd read about it. Mm. But being in the, you know, the meat grinder Mm. of heartache and I thought, oh wow, this actually really does suck. It really does suck. It (laughs) really does suck. When you wake up in the morning and that person who you loved and adored is your first thought in the morning Mm. and it's half past four, it's 4.30 a.m. Oh, and you think they're fantastic. Riser. I've got another 36 hours of thinking about her. Mm. Yay. <laughs> and then, you know, after the day, you grind through this day. And then mm. she's your last thought at night. Yeah. And then you start to think, because we are inclined to as humans, that I'm the only person on earth who's ever felt like this. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm so alone. And... and, and <laughs> You know, and it's it's really self-pity. And you know what? There is a place for self-pity after a setback and a heart heartbreak and a failure. I believe in a, in a period where, okay, go for it. Feel sorry for yourself for a given period. Give yes. yourself a time. Be a sad sack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, indulge yourself in but that then, sadness. Then the show's got to go on. Because the person who hurt you, left you, rejected you, if anything, don't prove them right. Yeah. Don't prove them right. I've, I find a lot of motivation in things like proving people wrong, not yes. proving people right. Of uh, course. Yeah, it resonates with me quite a lot. And you know, when, when a person, for whatever reason, it doesn't need to be an intimate relationship. It can mm. be, you might not make a team, you might not get the job. Mm. The actions you partake in thereafter even if that party never is never 
never knows what you get up to. Mm. You want to act in a way that if they had to know, mm. they would be like, oh, fuck. Mm. Goodness me. We, we, um, we kind of missed the ball yeah. on that guy. But what do people do? They, so re- given they, validate, they validate the decision made by the party that hurt them by doing outrageous bullshit stuff. Drinking, partying, you know. Slutting. Exactly. Anger, resentment get the better of you. And, and it, it is just the human condition. And don't get me wrong, I wanted to go crazy. I was so, I felt, I was so, you know, once again, I thought I knew what it was like to be rejected. Mm. But to be actually rejected and discarded like a, like a piece of shit. Mm. It takes some, I, there's, there's definitely a process. Like you said, you need to make time to feel sorry for yourself. It's definitely like uh, if anyone's ever died in your life, you go through the stages of like, oh, no, they're not dead. They're still not dead. Then it's like, oh, I can't believe I'm fucking gone. Yes. And then it's like, eh. you know, exactly. all the different stages. It's exactly the same for and I went through a those stages. person or an object or any kind of loss <laughs> to your everyday life. Yeah, it can be like this. So, you know, and, and physical culture has, it saved me on multiple occasions in my life. It saved me from myself. Mm. It saved me from, you know, a person as, of, as obsessive as I am mm. in, fortunately, healthy and positive endeavors. Mm. I could be someone who started experimenting with drugs or mm-hmm. alcohol or severe self-sabotage. Mm-hmm after after a period of immense pain and mm. and and that's why the the mass 600 rep movement for me the physical changes the the, the aesthetic benefits you will look good you will move better mm. will always be secondary and tertiary tertiary compared to the, the the emotional peace that i got from it and 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 that's why to this day I've, I've continued along with it. And if anything, I've, I've, I've tweaked it and I believe improved upon it now. I've added in various training exercises and protocols that I believe complete the, the, the product. Mm-hmm. Because as a, as a coach, I, I'm the guinea pig. I have to try things. Yeah. And what started out as an, an experiment for me to heal from heartbreak, I now sell to clients purely to help their, phys- their physicality mm. and the fact that it is doing that is great mm. but I never wanted to be forgotten that this was built upon suffering mm. I think what I find now very interesting about you is uh, as a coach like you are clearly very self-aware and I think that that is one of the most important things about coaching others is knowing who you are what you stand for what you're doing what you're telling people uh, it seems like you've got loads and loads of knowledge on that front. I do pride myself on on self-awareness. Yeah. Um, I actually place self-awareness a notch above self-love. Mm-hmm. Self-love is important. We need yeah, to love ourselves. To, yeah. I don't believe it's more important than self-awareness. Yeah. And as a man, I need to know what I'm capable of in terms of what good I can do, what good I can put out there, 
the lives I can enrich and uplift, the people I can inspire. But as a man, as a broken man in a broken world, I need to know the darkness that is very much in me. Which is very real, and everyone's got it. Definitely. (laughs) To deny it is making you a liar. (laughs) No, truly. And I'm aware of, of, of the monster in me, the dragon in me, the darkness. It sounds so, you know... Lord of the Rings ish, yeah. but it really <laughs> is, yeah. you know. And I'm aware of the the monster I can be. And the David and I were talking the other night, and I don't like when I hear the term back home when when someone says, "Oh, he, he's a good guy. He's a nice guy," <laughs> because as soon as I hear that, I think, "Okay, he's a good guy. He's a nice guy. Show me the opportunities." He has had to be bad. Mm. That's what I want to know about. Mm. Because if he's had opportunities to be bad and and to be deceitful and evil and and vindictive Mm. and he's not chosen to act upon them, then he's a good guy. If he's never been given those opportunities, then he's a harmless man and he's not a good man. And I always, you know, we, we like to think that we are paragons of virtue you know it's nice for me to think that if i was alive in 1934 in in nazi germany Mm. i would have stood up against the third rock terence mitchell would have said this is terrible no you know know what i actually would have done i would have followed the crowd i would have followed the crowd yeah which is what so many people do now and you know it's it's so easy to think that we're going to take this noble stand and stand up for the weak Mm. but no um we'd probably just be you know, we, we like to think that we are one in a million, but we are, uh, the odds are that we are in the million. Hmm. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, a lot of people as individuals trying to make waves, but when the waves are coming at you, they're just like, I'm just going to go with the flow now. Definitely, <laughs> of course. Yeah, there's so, I mean, I think we sort of see it now with what's going on in Hong Kong in some sense. Like, uh, obviously, there are those five points and people continuing to march over these, what are these core movements? Yes. However, there's definitely been some stuff lost in translation along the way and people just sort of hopping on the end of this just to get a couple throws in. Of course. Um, So, yeah, it's always going to happen. Yeah, I'm really just aware of... But... I just know how I've hurt people, for goodness sake. Yeah. You know, I've hurt people, so why am I surprised when people hurt me? As if it's a mystery. Mm. I've hurt people. Goodness me, if anything, the hurt that I've received, it's probably deserved. I think we're yeah. also in a really cool place now where like, uh, we can be open about our mistakes and our failures. There's definitely, I think, over the last like 10 years, a shift in sort of that acknowledgement of who we are. Yes. Um, good, bad, ugly, and just sort of like accepting just honesty and people staying true to who they being authentic, I think is what it comes down to. I think genuine authenticity is is the new the new currency. Mm. Especially still on social though, media. Yeah, especially it's still very hard. I, I, I mean there's definitely some let's say influencers out there, um who, you know, you sort of see what they are online and then you sort of see how they live their day-to-day and you're like, do they match? Are they in line? Yes. Who, who am I to judge at the end of the day? Just sort of like carry on your own way as long as I'm doing the things that I'm happy with. Yes. It's fine. But you do kind of, 
it's trendy sort of like the words like functional training <laughs> uh things like this it is a, a trendy real thing to word. be authentic. to me that's the real f word functional training <laughs> <laughs> hey i'm guilty also in using it as my a little buzzword of guilty. course no, yeah. we all but um it's hard to achieve it's an ongoing I, th- I really believe that it's like an ongoing mission you have to sort of every day want to live with authenticity it is difficult and you know, I, I said to David the other day, now that it just so happens that in the last six months, my online business is really starting to, to grow. Hmm. And every now and again, I feel like a, a fraud because I'll have a day where I just feel like a loser. Mm-hmm. And I just think, people are paying me their hard-earned money and who the hell am I? Mm. Someone who knows how to do a couple of pull-ups. Mm. I don't want this responsibility of people looking up to me. Mm. as a as a leader mm. as a source of inspiration goodness me don't pick me pick someone else mm. and it's a good thing that that if we are in positions of leadership that we that we feel that because yeah. the day we don't is the day we think we we've, we've arrived and now the self awareness is just gone it's gone yeah absolutely we think we are enlightened beings and we've arrived so <laughs> And I think it freaks people out back home when I, I meet people and I want to tell them about my fuck-ups and failures mm. and making a fool of myself and losing all my money and going bankrupt and losing a big gym that I had. Mm. I want to I put all my cards on the table mm. from the get-go. Mm. And then you need to find out what's pretty cool or inspirational about mm. me. I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you the shit and hopefully you can sift you through that. You take from it what you want. Yeah, and and that's how I try and that's how I try and navigate social media because obviously I put photos up of me looking my best and me training, you know. I put photos up of the best meals I cook, not peanut butter on <laughs> some your bread. Pancakes, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's it's the nature of the game, but I want I want to constantly remind people that all the fears of rejection and that that's still there it doesn't mean because i've got myself looking good physically or aesthetically i don't battle with all the same demons mm. and insecurities as any man on earth would have mm. and that's so important for me the day i fail at that i failed like i failed i must stop training people then yeah no i really i really really like what you're saying thank it you makes so much sense <laughs> to me yeah and there's, there's honestly there's not enough like uh, real coaches out there, I think with this mentality, uh, with the whole, like, yes, I failed mentality, but like, we're all sort of on this journey together yes. and blah, 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 blah. It's You know what I think though with, with, with coaches is that too many coaches, especially the younger coaches in the early 20s, they're trying so hard to be great coaches mm. before they're a good coach. Yeah, I think, I mean, at least for what I see over here, it definitely looks as if the younger, newer ones, they're kind of caught up in this very salesy job. Yes. Uh, doing sales, which is not what you want to do. Like if you're, I mean, at least for me, I hate sales. Absolutely hate it. Uh, it's part of my job, but I'm going to try and find a way which is speaks to who I am. And I'm yes. fortunate to be in a position where I can create that. However, not a lot of trainers get that opportunity. They work in a commercial gym. They've got sales targets. They need to Let's cough out these programs for these people that they don't care about. Yes. So, 
It is difficult it's because difficult. You know, we've got bills to pay. Yeah. But we've also got integrity to maintain. Yes. And you know, we, we, we walk on that on that knife edge. Yeah. I do want a hundred more online clients because mm -hmm. it will allow me to live my purpose mm -hmm. even in a more in a more defined mm -hmm. sense. It will allow me freedom to to travel and experience new cultures. Mm -hmm. So I do need those resources. I do need to make a good living in order to experience the things I want to. Mm. But I cannot forget that each and every person who trains with me, he, he is the most important being in his life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he thinks the same way as I do mm -hmm. about what he does. Mm -hmm. So we are all not that different from each other. Mm -hmm. we, and that's why I've grappled with this thought we like to, I like to think I'm this individual. Mm. No, I'm not really. Yeah. I'm not really We're individual. I am like influenced, you, you know, I'm influenced the way I write. I'm influenced by authors that I've spent my life reading. Mm. The way I train, I'm influenced by trainers that I've been look, looking up to since I was 12 years old. Mm. There's not that much unique to me. If I'm really honest, mm -hmm. I'm a collection of bits and pieces mm -hmm. stuck together. And, you know, we live in this day and age where it's, you want to be an individual. Mm. You don't want to be, you, want, you don't want to be a sheep. You're anyone else. Um, you know, well, once again, I'm, Actually, yeah. I, am, I am like everyone else. There's how, how, many, how many billion people on earth? Yeah. Am I that different? Am I that different from, I might look different from people in Asia, mm. but, you know, on a, on a human level, what's inside my heart and my mind we all have the same desires. Mm -hmm. We want to love, be loved. We want to be creative. We want to mm -hmm. have a, a capacity or an outlet to be creative, mm. to, to express ourselves, follow our passions. Mm. That's pretty much, yeah, there's a couple of variations and there, and there are some fucked up people out there. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, all things being equal, I'm not that unique and I'm now at peace with that idea. Mm. As I'm aging a bit, mm. whereas in my twenties, there's nobody like me. <laughs> aging. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's but it's, a, a peace has come with that. Yeah. I don't need to try and be the only person in the world who does what I do. More than what you are, basically, yeah. you just have to be you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a super valuable lesson. Like, uh, it's just something very valuable to keep in your back pocket always. Because, uh, I mean, like you said, like, you definitely have your bad days. Of course. Uh, and even, like, I could totally relate to having bad days and then sort of wondering, like, why do people even listen to me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm nothing. It's crazy, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I definitely have a tendency to go down that wormhole. But, like you said, you sort of set a cap on it and you're just like, okay, well, here now, so yeah. you might as well just fucking get on with well, it. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and to... This year, I, I had this, this like catchphrase that I, when, when a lot of people want to, they want to move into areas in their life where they think there's less responsibility mm. because responsibility is like discipline. Who the hell wants that? Mm. You know, the less responsibilities I have, the more free I am. Well, theoretically, yes, but with that freedom, 
you pay a price for that kind of freedom, mm -hmm. the denial of responsibilities. And I, I started toying with the idea of maybe seek further responsibilities, seek, seek responsibilities, find more things to be responsible for and about, mm. and don't see it as entrapment or a breach on your personal freedom. Because I'm at my best when I'm responsible for more things, hence more clients. I'm, I'm, I'm better because it's like, oh, you can't drop the ball now. Mm. These, 50, these 50 men from the internet world, mm. they look up to you. World. <laughs> and instead of being intimidated by it, mm. it, it, it's, it does push me. It, yeah, I can imagine how that would push you. Like, def like definitely as my client base has grown, I've become more curious um, more accountable, just trying to be like living my best me. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, obviously, yes, I'm still prone to bad days. Of course, but there would be something wrong with you. More fulfilling if I you think. were robotic in the sense that you just never had a bad day. Yeah, that be. It would be a bit weird. It would like you, you know, constantly on, Pro on Prozac or something. <laughs> yeah. you know? Are you okay? So manic, manically smiling. Everything's fine. And, you know, that's what so, you know I wake up in the morning back in South Africa and I just think to myself the first half an hour in the morning I wake up uh, recently started a new rule first 45 minutes uh, no technology because I was jumping out of bed checking my phone mm. and I realized okay wait a minute this is not good this yeah. is not healthy literally reaching across grabbing my phone looking at Instagram thinking this is the first thing you're doing in the morning mm. like, come on so then I had to go cold turkey. Yeah. <laughs> cold turkey. Yeah. And the first morning was so difficult. All I wanted to do was just was grab my itchy? phone. <laughs> <laughs> just like staring at it. But <laughs> then it became easier and easier, lo and behold. And now I love that first 45 minutes. Of stillness. No crazy technology. Mm. Nothing's influencing my mind or my thoughts. Mm. And I'll just say, there's a whole day ahead of you. Find areas where you are going to be supremely responsible mm. and it just it works for me because discipline mm. never fails me mm. discipline has never failed me mm. i failed myself yeah. ill disciplines failed me but a decision to be more disciplined i've never gone oh goodness me i can't believe how disciplined i was today <laughs> i no. wish i was less disciplined exactly <laughs> it's like you don't regret after a workout Yes, I've said you this never this week, did. actually. Yeah, oh, wow. yep, I've said this this week. Because there's never a workout that you go, I wish I didn't do that. Yes. Unless you've like, seriously hurt yourself. But then it should have been, I wish I wasn't stupid. Or No. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, go going back, though. So talking about your 45 minutes in the morning, something that I know a lot of people are curious about. Uh, what are, you know, you see these clickbait articles or what, what are the top four things that successful people do in the morning? Uh, you've just spoke mentioned no technology do you have any other processes to get you like fired up for another day yes um, so first thing in the morning are we obviously okay. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> then nice. I, I have to I have to win my first battle I drink a liter of water okay it's okay. an easy battle so you're gonna take no. a shit as no. well. <laughs> I have a liter of water and a liter of water it takes some doing mm. it's quite a lot of water yeah. It must be slightly difficult, but it must be something that I can always win. Yeah. 
because now I'm setting up that process. Low hanging fruit. Yeah, small victories. Mm -hmm. And I feel, okay, you've had a liter of water, you've hydrated, you, you know, you, you're good to go. Then I make some coffee then I sit outside and I acknowledge, I can hear the ocean. It's, it's right there. Oh, nice. That is oh, quite nice. That's so. the best morning already. <laughs> and I, I just like my training where I'm in the moment and I'm not waiting to get through it. Mm. It's like, I'm here now. I'm not waiting for this to end so I can check my phone. And that's all I do. I don't, I don't read and I just sit and I drink coffee and I actually taste the coffee. Mm. Uh, I taste it mm. and I listen to the birds and it sounds so hippie-ish mm. and I, I listen to the ocean. But that's what I do. Mm. And after that, okay, now I'm ready to see what the world throws at me. Because I've had control now. This, this first 45 minutes, granted some natural disaster, a typhoon or something, I'm in control. If I can't control the part where I'm in control, well, good luck when the world starts throwing fucking curveballs at me, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's how I see it. If I don't win that first 45 minutes, I'm not going to win the next 12 hours. Mm. I cannot. I like and that a lot. And I, you know what I like most about what you've just said is that you didn't say the word meditate. No, I yeah, didn't. I love that because no. so many people these days are like, oh, I meditate, no, oh, which I have nothing against it at all. No. Neither but do I, but it's you, uh, it just experience that just stillness. Sitting, yeah, you're just chilling. Um, and yeah, so many people just want to put labels on things. Yeah. Um, I love that you've just and I, and I think said about it stuff. What it is. Like I don't yeah. try and calm my mind. Empty your mind. No, I'm I, not. I, 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 mean, I let thoughts, <laughs> thoughts come, thoughts go. I yeah. grapple with thoughts. I entertain thoughts. Mm -hmm. I play with them. Mm -hmm. Some bounce in and bounce off my, and some some I absorb, and that's fine. I don't know when it became a bad thing to block your mind of all thoughts. Mm. Like I don't. Why? We, we got, we, you know, we have incredible brains yeah. and we will think about things. Yeah. I mean, uh, gosh, I don't want to insult any future guests here. <laughs> or <any past> guests, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but uh, I, I totally get it. Like uh, just the word itself. I'm a bit like, OK, I don't really understand what that is. But what you're saying to me now, just like letting things come and go. Oh. I completely understand. And even if it's is. random thoughts, I think random, about random stuff, stuff. Yeah. Like if you, someone had three arms instead yeah, of two feet. Definitely. And, yeah. and, and that, and that works for me. And then, mm. then I eat breakfast and uh, I intermittent fast. Mm -hmm. That to me is, it's just of all the eating systems out there for me that it's been flawless. Hmm. The day I started intermittent fasting, it was like, oh wow, I probably will be doing this for the rest of my life. And it's been, oh, wow. it's been seven years now. Oh wow. And I love it. As much as I love food, I also love not eating food. Yeah. Because it gets in the flipping way. Yeah. Like it becomes, you know, when I'm full and I'm satisfied from a meal, mm. I love the idea of not eating or thinking about food mm. for seven hours, eight hours. Okay. I love that idea because yeah. Can't, you know, <laughs> can't get on board of that one. I love food. <laughs> if I'm fasting, I'm like, really? Oh, Jesus, what are I gonna eat? Really? No, I love it. Oh, I terrible. love knowing that that's one less thing that I have to focus on. Oh, and moreover, the fact that uh, a, a good meal is coming later in the day mm. after the work is done. Mm. Now, that second meal for me is very symbolic. Mm. It's an evening meal. It's it's a reward for having worked, having trained, mm. having been disciplined. And it's quite a special meal for me in that sense because mm. it's a celebration. It's a mini celebration. Mm. 
Have you had breakfast today? Um, no, I haven't had a breakfast today. Do you know I'll, what you're going to eat in I'll, a few hours? I'll eat... <laughs> I'll probably have some yogurt and some blueberries and some walnuts. Is that your, like, treat? No, it's not. Uh, no, uh, in South Africa, I'll cook breakfast. Uh-huh. So I'll, I'll have my and avos and, avo, avo and eggs. That, mm. That's pretty much my, my go-to meal. And yogurt and berries. Had it this morning. And then, and then I'll, eat, I'll eat after my, my training before I catch my flight. But back, back, at, back at home, I'll eat at 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I'll train at six at night or five in the afternoon, mm. and then I'll eat straight afterwards. So um, I prefer to train on a very, very empty stomach. Same. Yeah. I'm sort of in the mind of uh, like if it was in the wild, exactly. uh, you'd always be a little bit hungry and you'd perform much better than if you had to poop out all your food Definitely. and run away for your life. And I just believe this is not popular because we, this thought of my humans eat too much you yeah. know I, I laugh I'm, I'm a pretty big guy I'm yeah. 98 kgs I'm 6 foot 3 oh you're 6'3 shit so you know <laughs> and I eat a given amount of food so I think it's a mu- and I train every day of my life so I think it's strange how someone who's half my weight half my heart who doesn't yeah. exercise thinks they need to eat three full meals a day and snack yeah. like to me that, that that's physics right there yeah I mean, every, <laughs> just the human body, man, is so weird. And so I, I often fast. Yeah. I will have 24-hour fast, 36-hour fast. Oh, wow. And you know what? I don't lose my gains. That's why yeah. I always laugh at the bro science. Because yeah, bro right. science is still going strong in the world. Eh? Yeah, no, dude, it totally is. It totally you don't is. just lose muscle, for goodness sake. Your body's got so much stored. Even me, I'm lean. My body mm-hmm. still has stored glycogen. Mm-hmm that I can call upon mm-hmm. should a, an activity arise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this, this idea that we constantly need to be fueling ourselves, it, it's a bit comic. It's a, I mean, it's definitely a modern <laughs> yeah. theory, let's face it. Really? Yeah. yeah it but really, really is. dude, our hour has just oh, wow. flown away. Wow, um, that was amazing. It's so quick, isn't it? Oh, it's it's crazy. crazy that um, just hours just fly by like this. I wish I could just stay. No, that was, <laughs> this was really... It felt, yeah. yeah. I actually forgot all about the crazy technology around me. I'm glad. I'm glad. It's, uh, yeah. I'm glad that you feel that way. No, and um, thank you for having me here, Ashley. No, it's my total pleasure. I'd love to have you back because you've got, you clearly have so much knowledge. <laughs> uh, and we were only just starting to get onto food, which I really love talking yes. about. <laughs> we should have started on food. Yeah, we just started. <laughs> um, I mean, when are you, are you ever planning on coming back to Hong Kong? What's your plan? Where can people find you? I will be back in Hong Kong to visit my friend David in the first quarter of 2020. Okay. I'm on Instagram, Mitchell Strength. It's my primary social media for now. I, I opened up a Facebook account yesterday. Oh, congratulations. I still need to verify it though. It's quite a mission. Yeah. And so I have to prove that I'm Terence Mitchell. So Instagram is the place where I post all training, all nutrition. That's all abs. Yeah, pretty much. That's it. Lots of <laughs> lots of selfies. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the place. That's where my online clientele mm. reach me. Mm-hmm. I have a website that has actually been made this week. Congrats. That goes live. Thank you. That goes live as soon as I'm happy with some of the, the picture selection. Okay. Yes, and that will go live next week. <laughs> but right now, the safest place is Mitchell Strength Instagram. 
I love the gram. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta you gotta be on the gram, yeah, especially sort of our yeah, our definitely. industry. Oh yeah, man! Thanks a lot. Wish you could talk about more food, no, your cool tats. You. <laughs> um, but yeah, have thank a you, good Ashley. Flight. Thanks, man. Cheers. Bye. Um, do I say thanks? Yeah, I just say thanks. I don't know, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs>